Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Guys, welcome to the show that's for you and about you. Those of you that work so hard for your money, you want your money to start working harder for you now. You want that freedom, cash flow, and prosperity today, not 30 or 40 billion years from now, but right now. So you can live that life that you love, doing what you love with those that you love. But most importantly, guys, about living a life of meaning and purpose, about creating an impact in the world, and by creating that ripple effect as that rippler. So guys, I appreciate you allowing me to create that ripple effect for you. You guys have been amazing. I appreciate you binging and sharing. Uh, the fact that we just well surpassed over a half million downloads, that's all thanks to you guys. So thank you so much for being a part of it. As a reminder, you can always watch our website, moneyripples.com. You can see videos on there. You can also download the ebook, Beyond Rice and Beans, Seven Secrets to Free Up Cash Today. You can get there now. So check it out. Hey, are you looking for another great podcast to listen to? One about investing and, and not only just investing, but learning about cool deals like investing in apartments that does not require you to have to be an accredited investor or have a million dollars. Hey, if you want to check that out, go check out my friend Lane Kawaoka's site, simplepassivecashflow.com. He's got a great podcast also called Simple Passive Cashflow that you can check out on YouTube, iTunes, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. If you want some great education and to learn about great ways to invest in other types of deals without, again, needing a ton of money, check it out, simplepassivecashflow.com or look up Simple Passive Cashflow on YouTube or your podcast app. Check it out. All right, guys. So today I've got a special guest, an old friend of mine that surprisingly, I guess I've never had her on this show, even though I thought in the early days we must have done one. But my special guest here is Heidi Totten. Now, Heidi is actually, not only she's this amazing woman, like a mother of two, just somebody I've known as a dear friend for many years. She's also has this great talent. She's been helping build people's marketing and websites. She runs the Tech Tribe for coaches and mentors, um, has a whole online business, help people with their website and their memberships and, and things like that. But on top of that, she's also an amazing humanitarian. You know, she's, uh, I don't know, probably dozens of trips at this point to Africa and Kenya and places like that. And now we've got her here today to talk about really about creating that impact, you know, creating more than just money, right? Because we, we, a lot of us talk about money, we talk about strategy, but what's that all for? Like for what? You know, what's that purpose? And that's why I brought Heidi to talk to us today because she's taken that to a whole nother level. So Heidi, welcome to our show. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. You bet. So <clears throat> take us a little bit on that journey. I mean, I know you've been the eclectic entrepreneur, you've done a lot of different things, but what got you down this humanitarian route? Well, it really was peer pressure. I have networked <laughs> with entrepreneurs for a long time, and there's a group of entrepreneurs that was going to Kenya, and yeah. they kept pestering me and pestering me. And you know, there's a lot to be said about peer pressure and getting you to do crazy things. Mm -hmm. I really didn't feel a pull to Kenya. I really wasn't sure where in Africa it was. I had to look it up on a map. But but once I was over there, it was like there was a huge connection in my past and my skills. And I knew that there were things that I could really help with. And so not something I ever intended to do, but it's kind of like when you're moving along in that journey, you're, the impact that you need to make in the world, your legacy finds you as you yeah. are just on your path. 
That's right. It's kind of that, that calling that pulls you. Yeah. Absolutely. And you've been now, how many times you've been to Africa now? Like 16. I've lost count. How many? 16, 16 times. Yeah. And that's in what, the last seven years? Yeah, I started six years ago. So years. it was 2015. And mm-hmm. since then, kind of one of those, hey, do you want to go to Kenya with me and do some stuff? And, you know, so it's been a huge evolution. I mean, we started off where we were kind of just doing projects based on what we saw that was needed or what our mm-hmm. team in Kenya saw that was needed. And then we evolved really into economic development and self-reliance for families. And so then it became it. a part of how do we get them out of extreme poverty within 18 months to two years using tools that can be uh, you know, sourced over there? And mm-hmm. often it's gardening and chickens and goats and cows and, and different animals that they can turn into a business model. But I have to say that it was interesting because so much of what I teach over there came out of working with you. So mm-hmm. I have to circle back to that, that it was all about that stewardship. And Mm -hmm. so what I really talk to them about is I'm like, listen, there is a stewardship element here that as you take care of the things that you've been given, it grows and we're able to help you grow it because you're taking care of it. So that really stuck in my mind when I started thinking about how I could really help these families. That's hard to do. Like I've I've talked to other people. I've tried to do trips like what you've done. And I see a lot of times they'll say, yeah, you got to be careful because sometimes they just take like they're so used to people americans just throwing stuff at them literally like just trash almost and it ends up being trash for them it's like they almost feel like they don't have to be self-reliant and and you're doing something different you're like trying to get them to be independent to take care of their own needs yeah you know it's funny we started off with donating cows and we came up with this business box for families model so we started donating cows and cows were really expensive And then we had a couple of cows get infections and die. And I was, Mm. that was a disaster. So (laughs) cows and then goats and then chickens and then gardens. And I said, what if we just reversed that model? And we started with the gardens and said, okay, if you show stewardship and take care of the gardens, then we'll bring on the chickens. So it's stair step. Well, by the time we got to the chickens, they were earning enough from selling eggs and stuff like that. They could buy their own goat. So our investment went from like, $600, $700 down to about $150. And really flipping that model is what made the difference and teaching that mindset. So they now know if we show stewardship over the gardens, then we can earn the chickens. And that's what really makes the impact financially in these families. What's been your experience? Like, if you've done this, and even from your initial first impressions, what changed for you? Like, because we have all these first world problems here, right? I mean, most of these listeners here are in the US or Canada, with a few percent all over the world. What have you noticed is something that's different there that maybe they just don't understand because we just grew up with it here in America? Connection. It's hmm. interesting how much more connected they are. And in fact, I've taken over 200 people to Kenya now. Mm-hmm. And the number one thing that people say is that they learned more from Kenyans by going over there and seeing how they interact and how they connect with each other and how they take care of each other, then they feel like they contributed to the Kenyans. And so again, it was a mindset shift for me of saying, maybe I don't need to take Americans over to help Kenyans. Maybe I need to take (sighs) Americans over to help Americans because they need to see something different, see self-reliance a little bit differently and see that connection and community a little bit differently. So 
I've watched that evolution over time. And that's been really fascinating because, you know, I remember my first trip and I, I thought we need Kenya more than Kenya needs us. I mean, they, <laughs> they need the skills and the knowledge and the resources and the mentors. But mm-hmm. in terms of happiness, I mean, when you see that kind of poverty, but you see so much joy and happiness on their faces, it's a cognitive dissonance moment for you. You're like, they should be miserable. Uh-huh. Therefore, we have this perception of what it should look like. Yeah. It's not true. It's not true at all. Well, that's the one thing I thought was fascinating. I remember watching a documentary on Netflix several years ago, and they said, like, everybody thinks of, you know, Africa in general, like, how we saw Ethiopia in the 80s with uh, the sad music and the, the bloated bellies and the flies everywhere and things like that. And they're like, you realize that Africa is probably one of the most abundant continents on the entire planet. Like there's more resources here than anywhere. And we're not all dying and starving. Like that's what they all focused on. And now we've got so much, too much, like there's an overabundance of junk, you know, like, but the truth is we have everything we need right here. And, uh, and I love that you take that stewardship, kind of that self-reliance type of perspective with it too. Yeah. It's a group that goes and, and we take families over, we mm-hmm. take entrepreneurs over, we take dentists over, we take doctors over. I mean, we've, we've taken all these different groups because different trips have different objectives. And, yeah. and that's what we're trying to accomplish is what is the objective of this trip in particular? Mm-hmm. And so, so as these different groups have gone over and they've shared their skills, and they've seen the impact that they can make, then it, it really makes a difference in the mindset also of the Kenyans. Because yeah. we've seen this, I mean, over six years, my team over there, they were in their mid-20s and now they're in their early 30s. Uh-huh. They've, they've got that prefrontal cortex development going on. Their nutrition is better because of what we've been able to do. Mm-hmm. And so you see how they've evolved and they've started innovating. And one of the nice. things that's really interesting was that I thought, who told them that they were poor? Was that us? Did we go over right. there and tell them they were poor? Because I don't know that they necessarily would have known un- unless they were told. And um, yeah. at the same time, it's the concept of their lives are so much simpler than ours. We mm-hmm. make ours so complicated. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when we take teams over there and they realize, oh, we can actually solve this problem with very little. Like $5 goes along a lot further in Kenya, obviously, than it does here. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be millions of dollars dumped into this problem. Yeah. Right? I mean, Which is what people believed it was the, the solution. That's not. It's not. It's skills development and the teaching. Because what happened was, you know, when the British went over and colonized these areas, they brought technology. They mm-hmm. didn't teach innovation. And so if something broke down, it was like, we don't know how to fix it. And the British brought it, so they should fix it. (laughs) Instead, when you go in and you say, okay, how would you fix this? How would you solve this problem? And man, they can come up with ideas based on what their resources are. You're like, okay, that sounds great. And so it's been amazing. And it's been amazing to be able to apply all the things that I learned because I'm constantly into personal development and entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and business and stuff like that, to be able to apply that over there and say, I don't want to do more damage. And of course, mm-hmm. you do dumb things because yeah. you're trying to figure it out and stuff. But for the most part, I think that what we've done is create uh, the empowerment that for lack of a better word that they need. Women's empowerment is sharp kitchen tools and more time. So we look yeah. for things that it's like, well, what creates more time? And can we take knives over? I mean, 
So it's just our perception is that we need to turn them into us. And really, we just need to give them the skills to help them develop into what they think they should become. I wish every humanitarian project would believe that. <laughs> Me too. It would be so much better. So much better. So now you have actually something coming up here pretty quick, don't you? Like an, another trip plan. I do. I have a trip going over in a few weeks and then partnered with a, um, an academy uh, of dentists that do uh-huh. mission trips and stuff like that. We've now built a guest house over and we, it's 10 minutes from the number one safari gate or the <laughs> number, the safari gate to the number one safari destination in the world, the Masai Mara. And yeah. so now we're shifting a little bit post pandemic and taking smaller teams to work in the community and get things done. And so, so yeah, we're actually expanding out of this where we used to run three trips a year. We're now Mm -hmm. building up to about one trip a month or more because we now have the capability to handle a lot more and different varieties of groups to accomplish different missions and purposes and stuff. Yeah. When's the next date you have coming up? Um, Our next trip is in August. So August, 2021, that trip's full. And then we've got trips in October and November. And we're actually in November, we're taking a friend of ours, Jason Hewlett, on his first trip. And so that'll be fun. He's a that'll be a lot of fun. That's gonna be a fun trip. Pretty hilarious. So yeah, we're and we're already building out trips into 2022, which seems crazy. But now every as the world comes out of of COVID, they want to travel and they are like, let's go and let's go solve some problems. So and these friendly trips and yeah, or, absolutely. Wow. I've taken my daughter on eight expeditions. So wow. from the eight since she was 10 years old. So mm-hmm. she's really kind of grown up there. She's 15 now. And so yeah, we take families. Um, obviously during the summer are more of the kid trips. Mm. So because they're out of school and stuff like that. But but right. I've taken over 30 kids out of those 200. So they wow. really the kids have so much fun and the the People over there love it when we bring kids because yeah. then they feel like, you know, we're showing our, our next generation and we're also teaching their next generation too. Part of that ripple effect, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> it's all about the next level. Yeah. That's right. Oh, I love it. If someone wanted to reach out to find out more to go on these trips or to somehow get this experience, what would they do? Like how they reach out to you, Heidi? They can either go to 100, the number, 100humanitarians.com or mm-hmm. org. Both goes to the same place. And I'm all over Facebook. So connecting with me on Facebook and saying, hey, I'm interested in a trip. What does that look like? You know, whatever type. Like I said, we've got build trips, dental trips, uh, sewing trips, even uh, family wow. trips. We can even arrange trips for your family to go over and do service. And so we're really diverse in what we can accomplish now, which is pretty awesome. That's fantastic. Well, hi, I love the ripple effect you're creating. Like you're doing some amazing work and I know you've blessed a lot of lives already, if not to the thousands, at least (laughs) many hundreds at this point. So, well, thank you. And thank you for your teaching that helped contribute to this. Oh, it's been an honor. Really appreciate that. Definitely made an impact there. Oh, awesome. Well, everybody, you heard her, like definitely go check out 100humanitarians.com. We'll have that in the show notes as well. But hey, if you feel called, like you feel like something's bigger than just you, not just about living your little pretty life here, you know, whether you're in the United States or you're somewhere else where you're living a great life, what is that next impact you want to create? Not just whose life you can be blessed, you can bless, but 
how can you be blessed and learn more from learning from other people and getting a bigger perspective? And most importantly, how can you create a ripple effect through your kids by helping them learn something different rather than being raised in just first world common conditions in their little bubble? Can you break that bubble and get them to see a much bigger view? And so feel free to reach out to Heidi. And and again, Heidi, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Chris. You bet. And everybody, make it a wonderful and prosperous week. We'll see you later. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Now.